Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. Mary and Dan are a fairly new couple together in their act three and have a lot to teach us. Let's hear it for Mary and Dan. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Mary Campbell and Dan Gatman. I'm so happy you're both with us, even with all the figuring things out. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's great to be here. Thank you, Tessa. So I got to dance with you in Biodanza, my first Biodanza. And uh, Mary was introduced to me through a mutual friend from a retreat I went to. And and I, I think both of you have come together at this stage of life with a lot of, as both Open Nesters with children, so why don't you each give us a little bio on each of you, two minutes on like where you are at this stage, kids and that kind of thing. Each of you just give us an intro. So I'll start with Mary. Okay, great. So um, I have three kids. They're in their mid to late 20s through mid to late 30s. Um, they're off and fledged and doing really well right now. It's so great when all three are good. Um, and um, my life has been freed up from that although i think when you have kids at that stage there you, you feel like you're totally free until they need you and then you better be there so <laughs> i like i like the the interplay there um and um my, i was married for 25 years um divorced 12 years ago so i've had adventures in this this realm of learning life as a single person and um before that my husband and I did seven or eight years of Tantra training. So um, we've been through all kinds of adventures. Um, a lot of adventure. Okay. So thank yeah. And well, Dan? Alive. I have two kids. I, uh, they're 31 and 28. They'll both have birthdays coming up. They uh, are off on their own starting of careers and interests and all of that wonderful stuff. Uh, I separated from my ex-wife in my, I don't know, I guess it was early 50s. We didn't see a need to get a divorce. We had a business together that we continued to operate. We lived together for a while. Um, despite the separation and and let's see i retired when i was about 62 63 i'm 65 now retired um, from me being an attorney what what kind of attorney i was an attorney i used to do class action litigation and um yeah i was really looking forward to retirement as a way to just finally have the time to figure out what I want to be when I grow up and what I want to do with my life and really kind of gave myself whatever time I needed to explore that and feel into it. And that, that's been a beautiful process for me. I really feel like, uh, as you mentioned, Biodanza, that has just knit together so many interesting aspects of my life and my passion, dancing, 
connection with people, creation of community, trance, ecstasy. You know, it's just it it's a dance and ritual form that just feels to me at this point like a complete passion and I'm just can't wait to do it more, to bring it out in the world, to study it, to be with people um, in this different, wonderful way. Well, Conscious so. Dance, as, as, in my, as on the podcast, people know by now if they listen to me, it's my one of my biggest passions and joys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mary, um, I mean, I'd like to come back, Dan, eventually, because you said something about the separation, which I do think is, is interesting um, about we don't hear that typically. And so I, I think it's good for people to know that there's so many ways to do things. And so, Mary, the, in those choices that we're making, and you're working with women about intimacy and also doing some of the training for Biodanza yourself, I know, I am, to yeah. lead it. You mentioned heart connection to me. You always keep, and you've mentioned many times that this idea that we come into community and we're, and first as our, as ourselves, and I think you work more with women. But what do you what do you see for women at this stage of life, and where do you feel like you're? What are you bringing for mm-hmm. women at this stage of life to to have that connect to, to to deepen their own connections? Yeah, you know, I think that that we tend to have we're in a culture that creates a certain expectation, and the bigger expectation is that when you hit menopause, um, sex is over. Um, your life is over. You get to just slide out into comfort and go retire. Um, and not that retiring is bad. Dan is having a blast. But what I find is that women don't realize how alive they can be. And I believe that aliveness happens in connection. That it's really whether you're in the, the depth of your connection with yourself, so you can speak, so you know yourself well the depth of connection with people that you're with, how truthful can you be, how honest, how full of, of that desire to be real, and then how deeply connected you can be with the environment, with nature, with everything around you, how alive are you? And the Biodanza work is about that, about making connection and really being fully alive. But I think that so many of us get used to a, a sort of a C-plus kind of life, where things are okay, things are fine, you know, there's certain topics you don't address, and people just end up staying in that place, where I've found that I do work with men and women, and often in couples, that there is so much aliveness there, there's so much possibility going beyond what we thought was the way it should have been or was supposed to be. So I just encourage whoever I work with, but mostly to live from what they want, the desire they have in their lives, how how much they can step forward into all that's possible and not sort of a a limited range where we get used to. Does that? Oh, that's the question. Yes. I mean, sometimes we don't, helping them is just helping them figure out what they don't know. What we we don't know. So, I mean, it's interesting, Dan, I do want to don't want to forget about it. So that choice that you made with your wife to separate and stay in business together and stay somehow connected. How did that go? Because I think people deal with all these things that they think they have to do in their disconnection, in their separations, in their in their digging in their right way of being. 
rather than finding ways to work together. And I think that that's just such an important point. So I'm curious about that. Well, for me, at that time, I knew I loved my wife. And I also knew that we had been heading in some different directions and that there were passions. Yeah, in our physical life together, in our, I just became more involved in a dance community and, and that sort of ecstatic dance became really important to me. I found myself dancing a lot, moving into a different group of friends. We had our working life, which was really dynamic and beautiful together. We had our kids together. That was incredibly fulfilling and beautiful. And, you know, it it was my request to move into a different type of relationship that was more open and wasn't where she wanted to go. And we tried to think about what can we keep together that really mattered to us both. And it was an experiment. It was hard. It wasn't always easy, but I was really determined to say, I know I love this woman. I know I want to keep as much connection as she's willing to while staying true to this part of myself. So it wasn't what she was requesting. And it was, so it was difficult and it wasn't mutual, but we've kept our friendship and through, um, I don't know how long it's been at this point, 12 years, something, 14 years, 15 years, something. Yeah. And, um, yeah. How, how old were your children when, when you went through all that? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't even remember the specifics of, I mean, maybe my son was just finishing middle school and my daughter was heading to, into the end of her high school. And, and how do you think that impacts them? Because I like to hear like adult kid things in this podcast. Because yeah. Yeah. I think it was hard. I think separations are hard for kids. My parents separated when I was in my 30s. It was hard for me. It's still, you know, it's hard to come to terms with even. Um, so I don't think it was their choice exactly either. Um, I think the fact that we worked together, that, that, that we worked together to parent and kept that, um, you know, our love for them front and center. We took a number of steps to make it easy for them living. Uh, when we did ultimately stop living together, I moved a number of doors down. And so, uh, at that point, I think my son was, you know, could walk through the backyard and come from one house to the other and go pick up his homework or his clothes that he had left one place or the other you know so it just made it a little easier but it, but it's still hard do you think that they make choices for their own goods at this at this point in their 20s and 30s that are has been an example of of advocating for yourself that is not a popular choice you know ultimately when i made the decision to request a different form of relationship that 
was exactly how I went through the process. I was thinking to myself, how can I do this to my kids? How uh, This is so hard. Who am I that I never imagined I would um, separate the family? Um, and when I thought for myself what I wanted for my kids, uh, at that point, if they were who, you know, dealing with and who I was, what would I want for them? And I wanted them to follow their truth. Um, so don't know if they would say that. It remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, they live their own lives. Right, yeah. Yeah. And they... But they seem like they're functioning well and they have a relationship with each of you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're beautiful kids. Yeah. Mary, are your kids in touch with both of the both you and you? Yeah, they are. They are. Um my my son's wife just had a baby um, about six weeks ago. So it's our first grandchild. Congratulations. Um, my ex husband rented an Airbnb a block away so that the whole family could be there about two and a half weeks after the baby was born, we could all meet her and get to know her. Um, and we sort of staggered our connections. He's coming up. I'm in the Berkshires. He's coming up here and visiting. He's going to probably stay in one of my spare bedrooms. You know, we're really still good friends. We talk. Um, and the kids, um, my daughter was in college. My son was, I think, just out of high school. And my youngest was going into ninth grade. Um, and he had the hardest time. Um, he didn't like me for a while. It was my choice to leave. Um, uh, it's, it took a while. Um, but he's, I mean, he's a wonderful young man and they're all doing well now. They're really, they have beautiful relationships. They're, they're all, uh, living with people they love and they're doing well in their lives. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just probably one of the hardest things that, that you have to choose, um, and that's why I think dance. Um, the, you were in the dance community when you made when you did get divorced. Were you already active with your dance community, married as well? Like I wasn't at all. No, I wasn't. I mean, I I love to dance. Um, <laughs> I dance whenever I can, but I only found Viadanza last year. So where so was your community? Where would you? Where did you find your support? Um, I have a pretty deep community here um, in the Berkshires. I created a nonprofit about 15 years ago, um, a women's support network called Walking Our Talk. And that community and my moon circle of women, you know, who I've been with for 20 years, and just I have such a deep community here. I've been here 30 years. So um, support was never an issue just because I've invested so much in my connections with other people. I also found just a, a lot of support in nature, um, you know, just taking a walk always grounded me and brought me back to myself. And I have a big garden and I love to hike. And, you know, I just, that I knew it was the right choice as much as, as it was a hard choice. So beautiful. So Dan, um, why don't you give us your, how you guys met story. And also when you did leave your marriage or, separated even if it wasn't a divorce was it because you wanted to have an op- open relationship open that marriage it, it was yeah that was yeah. kind of the kind of the issue and um yeah it wasn't wasn't what she wanted um but we both wanted to 
hold the parts of our relationship that were really beautiful and had sustained us for decades. And so, yeah. So how did you meet and Mary? I mean, what was the path that you took as you're part of this journey? Uh, at that time in my life, leaving the marriage, I just knew I wanted to explore physicality and sexuality. And I just had not really kind of lived into that part of myself. I hadn't thought it was important to me. I hadn't really noticed who I was underneath and what was calling to me. And it just became this kind of deafening kind of drumbeat of what I just felt called to experience and explore. And I didn't know what it, what it was or what I would find. Um, had a sense from the kind of the world of dance and contact improv and that there was sort of non-traditional ways of being physical and affectionate with people and open-hearted and loving and um and um at that time i started seeing two women one of whom was in open relationship with a bunch of other men um primarily and 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 it was just that was such a heady experience i was like oh my god is this possible i don't know anybody who was in open relationship i just uh felt just so lucky and also subversive i didn't know anyone in my neighborhood that you know or my friends group or my community it just felt like i was living in a in a subculture that was yeah taboo at that point now it doesn't feel that way to me but uh most people would still say it's taboo by the way yeah you know, okay. in that world but but you're probably we find new people that we have less taboo with <laughs> exactly exactly it just now it's sort of I don't know, it doesn't matter to me what forms of relationship people are living if they're choosing an alive relationship and that they're choosing love. And to me, it really did feel like a path to opening my heart to, um, I don't know, find out, find how loving I can be, figure out, you know, the times where maybe it isn't loving to be with uh, someone else or, you know, I mean, it's. Yeah, well, that was, that's also interesting. Where's the learning from the breakdowns that you had in that journey? I, you know, I still don't know for myself. Am I fundamentally poly? Am I fundamentally monogamous? Is there one way that I am? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It just all feels like an exploration and a question. Um, I know I'm trying to learn to just follow what, you know, to follow my joy and to actually be honest about what I'm feeling at the moment. And 
And without, not without all the projections and expectations. So I think yeah. this time of life, and we'll ask Mary the same thing, like this time of life offers us these choices that are not coming from programming of how we have to procreate our family or where our systems are giving us that support. Although I know those systems are, especially with the younger generation being expanded into new ways of having queer family. I mean, my daughter has been telling us about three people raising a child together that are not even having sex, but, and then figuring out new forms of family. So there's not one way. And I'm in, in so much open to that, but the, the, the idea is that we are at this age now that we don't have to worry about what other people think when we are able to be our authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And Mary, so I'd love your, a little bit of your journey with this particular area once you got divorced and how you started finding things for yourself. Yeah. Well, um, the divorce happened just because there were, there was um, uh, just difficulty between the two of us and we had been trying to work on it for a long time and it just it was not working. And so um, I, I broke my leg six weeks after we decided to separate. Um, and it was almost like there was a, a, Fin- a finality just to saying, okay, what's next? How are you going to make a choice where you're going to go? So um, I was still in a Tantra lifestyle at that point, um, working really to make deep connections with people, but to also explore my own sexuality and to help people explore theirs. So that was the format at that point. Um, I where were, where were you doing that? Where, where were you um, doing that? In New York. In New York City. Urban Tantra um, or, or something else. And yeah, with um, Caroline Muir. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing her work and studying with them um, in retreats uh, around the country and the world. And at that point, I was just curious about how, um, how much healing sexuality could bring. And so it was really in that realm that I was, I was working. I was trying to just, I had had sexual abuse as a child, and I was wanting to find uh, a healthier way for myself. So in that process, just learning about the power of the G-spot and the power of pleasure and the power of bringing ourselves to um, a fuller expression of our sexual selves, that was interesting to me, but also really working with energy, working with um, just our body's capacities, uh, working with breath. So it was a, a technology at that point. Um, and that morphed for me into private practice and pr- working, um, coaching women and men um, at that point. And then, you know, dating. I, I've mostly been a monogamous, a serial monogamy, monogamous person over a period of time. And um, about five years ago, I became involved with someone who was married in an open relationship. And we were together for a while and there were things that were great and there were things that were difficult about that situation. And um, Dan and I had been connected five years before uh, through a mutual friend at a birthday party and we had a good time. We enjoyed each other. Um, But I, and then his partner and my partner, we were all going to get together and then COVID happened just as friends, we were going to get together. And, but what I, what happened was, a year and a half ago, um, I, I had thought about connecting with them, and um, I hadn't, didn't, couldn't find her number. Although I thought of that first, and then I called Dan, and we had uh, probably a twenty-minute conversation. And I hung up the phone, and and I knew that we had something I wanted 
to continue. Um, but the man I was with at the time, although he was in an open relationship, he didn't want to be polyamorous. So it was, it was, that was a really challenging time for me. Um, so that's been the evolution. Dan, that's my hit. And how, and how are you feeling about this idea of where you, where you put yourself in this exploration or whether it is polyamory or not giving it a label or where are you personally at this stage and what does Dan allow for in that relationship? What, what do the two of you allow for for yourselves that makes your relationship work? Dan, how about you start? Mm. I, you know, I think we both have the perspective that we don't want to be controlling each other. Um, I think that's just a bedrock. Um, and if Mary wants to see other people and in whatever form that is, that's, um, that's her business and her life. And I don't ever want to be in the middle of it and we're discouraging it. I have a big part of my journey in open relationship has been kind of uncovering my jealousy and what, you know, which I can't logically, I couldn't in the beginning logically understand or didn't make any sense to me. And, and I, but it's there. It's an emotion that comes up now and again. So that's mine to deal with. And, um, you know, to be honest about, and, uh, and it's fascinating when it doesn't come up and it's wonderful when it doesn't come up and it's, and, um, it's lovely to feel the feelings of compersion and joy in your partner's happiness with others is, is one of the just sublime feelings, um, that I think humans experience. And so it's, it's such a mystery and it's such rich. Um, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Yeah, look, going it's on. Great, Tell it's me great, what your great, yeah. rich, great learning ground for this. I love, I love yeah. the fact that how you're letting yourself learn and this term compersion we talk about on many different podcasts that yeah. that and jealousy it's interesting you 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 start realizing that you can have it and hold expand beyond that it's almost like tra- compersion kind of transcending it it's not some people will call compersion the opposite of jealousy i i think it's compersion transcends jealousy it's almost that's nice. the idea, and that's who we're becoming so do you actually date? I mean, are you are you dating? And do you have that? Do you want to know if she dates? And do you want to know the details? I mean, it's interesting. To yeah, me. I think that that gets it. And I think you were asking before about kind of what are our arrangements? Uh, to me, having uh, arrangements and understanding is important. Um, our arrangement uh, would include the ability to see other people um, with advance notice, if at all possible, or most, almost certainly, um, unless this was talked about beforehand as a possibility 
a situation, a place we were headed to. Um, when we go places together, our, um, you know, we're going to dance camp together, um, we will we'll have an understanding about that kind of place um, in the past. It's that, you know, if we're there together, that we're there together and we will be together and whether that's with someone else or not. Um, but, but uh, I do, I do have another uh, regular lover or two and, um, and yeah, Great. at this point. Wonderful. And Mary, how about you? Um, yeah. So I have had other lovers um, and I have mostly been monogamous with Dan for the last little while, although I, the, the experience of the Adanza and loving, just, just feeling the love in me has become such an expansive place that I am in love with pretty much everybody a lot, a lot of the time. <laughs> and it is my nature. I think I, I tend to see beauty in people and um, that's helpful in my work. Um, but I have less of a desire right now to be sexual with other people. I have deep connections with other people, men and women. Um, one man I really enjoy, um, but it's not a sexual thing right now. So there's an expansiveness to me uh, that has a lot more to do with deep connection um, and less to do with sex right now. Even though Dan has other lovers, um, there are times when I'm bothered, when it's hard, when it's challenging. Um, but I find that that has to do more with my own feeling of fullness in myself that when i feel really grounded in myself when i feel like i'm really living my truth and living it alive that jealous piece comes up less and sometimes um another of dan's lovers um might cause a, a, a turbulence in me just from the way an interaction happens that 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 impacts me, and that's that's a, a place that I've been working with. So there, it's tricky. It's tricky when you have other people, and staying truthful is the most important thing. I think, by and large, across the board in every relationship, I want to stay truthful, and it's there's no sneaking around, there's no hiding, there's no secrets. But for me, that's the the bottom line. So that when totally. happening inside me emotionally, I really want to be revealing of that. When something is um, is happening in my attractions, I want to be revealing of that. So Dan and I have that kind of a relationship that's been really powerful. Beautiful place to practice advanced yeah. advanced communications and non and communications that come from love and listening and not from digging in to what so, my emotions are and that's it there's so much yeah, more. So I, yeah. there's that. even another piece what mary's i just want to echo what mary said about honesty i just have you know beyond zero interest i mean I have no interest and no desire to be with anyone who's not in honesty and, and interested in exploring what comes up 
accurately and honestly and openly and it can be hard sometimes for sure um but it's just like that's just the bedrock um to to be open with each other and to be clear there is another piece that mary and i i think have undertaken in this that is kind of a hybrid with monogamy in that it's it's like it's not just like that we each do what we want to do and the other deals with their own fall you know deals with the fallout the emotional fallout or the uh, deals with their own jealousy i think we're really trying to meld the concept of co-regulation with open relationships. So Mary's my love. I may have another love. I may explore, but it's just a bedrock that if she is, if she's challenged or if she has reactions uh, or you know whatever it is i want her to be happy in the world and i want her to be happy with who i am and my choices in the world uh, it's true that i if you know if that if who she is in the world and who i am in the world were to be incompatible we'd have to face that that truth and the choices that would come from that but but i i want to see if there's a way that i can be true to this part of myself the desire at times to be with other people and to have another loving relationship and the desire for her to be completely joyfully abundantly fantastically happy in every way and how can i help with that you can support that exactly yeah yeah and and to explore if there's something that's getting in the way of that you know what it is to make time for the messy or unpleasant parts of being human that challenges the negative feelings, the things we don't like about ourselves or whatever. Yeah, that's what makes it difficult and important to show up with our with our difficulties and mess. And I think it trains us if we can do it in a primary relationship of any kind that becomes important to us. And there's a book my my supervisor wrote now, a new new one that she wrote many of these called Open Monogamy by Dr. Tammy Nelson. Mm, and sure. that 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 idea is that we have this there's ways to discuss these difficult conversations. Many people don't know how to do it. So, um, I mean, Mary, do you explore that with the couples that you're dealing with with intimacy? Do you deal with difficult conversations in, in that or yeah, it's mostly embodiment? Yes. Yeah, so, custom- yeah, it's, it's of course, it's, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm also a spiritual counselor. You know, I work with the spiritual dimensions of us. So I never, I just don't understand how you can um, only be about sex and relationship and not also be about the deeper aspects of ourselves so so that that's what i think of the connection is what defines spirituality anyway so it's this like how do you be really honest and really yourself and really truthful and learn ways of communicating they're skillful you know lots of people don't know how to do that 
So that's another helpful way, but also just expand possibilities beyond habit. We, we tend to have habits of communication that work or don't work so well. We get into, into ruts and helping people move out of those into something that's more alive is really powerful and most effective in, in helping to evolve relationships. So let's talk about some of those because I, I'd love to, the last few minutes of our conversation for you to give us some of that, like what are some of the foundation things that you help people with when they come to see you? Sure. So I have <laughs> my most recent poster child is a woman who came to me at 78 years old, um, you know, in a long-term, really great marriage, happy people. Um, but she said, you know, I just don't want to die not knowing what's possible. And um, she's a really happy woman right now. <laughs> and she's discovered a lot about what's possible for her. And her husband came just to see me. I, he's come for a few sessions on and off. I do sessions separately sometimes in that way. And About her sexuality. And she she got more into her sexuality. That's okay. exactly. She just wanted to know what her body could do. Um, because she always felt like she was kind of, like a B minus was the way she, she thought of herself sexually. Um, and then he came and he said, I wish I had known all this information 50 years ago. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Um, so I'm an educator. Often I'm just an educator. I'm a hand holder. I'm a hugger. I'm a helping people just love the life they have and then build on that. Um, you know, you can go, our vestibular nervous system will find everything that's wrong with anything and try to focus on that and make it, fix it. And and I don't work so much like that. I really work on what's working, what we can make work better, what's delicious in our relationship, what more do we want, how much more do we want to live, how how much deeper do we want to go. Um, and that's how, how about when it brings up the conflict thing, like you said, that you obviously yeah. have to have that. So what are some of the tools that the first thing that you, you would tell someone when there's already resistance there, even resistance to a woman or a man exploring something new? Like, what's your first go to as far yeah. as, that? you know, I actually think this is where embodiment comes in, is that to hear anything that's hard, you have to stay grounded. You have to be in a place where you feel safe. So safety is primary. And then when you work with each other to to be able to frame something so that you are positive you're bringing the best the most positive but also caring for the other person so you're bringing you're bringing both the the important aspects of what what you how you thrive but also what you want to speak about it really clearly to say i want this we like to say i need this and needs and wants are tricky to figure out and, and too difficult I think it's really hard for most of us to say, I want. And just doing that can be helpful. Um, and allowing for difference, allowing for frustration. I mean, it's not going to kill you. If, you. if you stay committed to your own truth and stay committed to the love that's there with the other person, I think then working through the issues becomes, you know, it's not always easy but but always finding what can make it better what do you how what investment can you make i always give home play instead of homework you know what can we do to try to find the next thing that'll bring us closer together where we do have commonalities where we can thrive together instead of focusing on this is how we're different and what's never going to work and our brain goes there naturally so 
helping to bring up the this compersion piece or just this love, the deep love that is true to us. If we've been together with somebody for a while, that's there, even if it's eroded a bit. So building that more strongly. So beautiful. You are you are just such a beautiful soul to listen to. And I <laughs> and I do hope our audience can can reach out to you. So so the way they reach you, divinebeauty.com. That's correct. And I have a, a, a schedule there where they can book something. I always do a half an hour free just to talk because, you know, you don't want to invest in something until you know. But that, that um, people work with me. I, I have a 13-week session, which I think is really the best way to work because you have a chance to build over a period of time new habits, new frameworks, new ways of thinking about yourself, new exploring new possibilities. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of techniques, there's all kinds of toys, there's all kinds of things. But for me, it's really, are you looking really honestly at what you want and need? And are you willing to live from that place and live from the love that you are um, instead of falling into the trap that there's something wrong with you that has to be fixed? Amen, sister. Breathing it in and thanking you both as Dan waves goodbye because I know you have to go and I also have to. I do. So thank you both so much for this time. It's been so precious. And I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Tessa, it's very interesting to see how a coach and an ex-litigator are meeting together and working out new terms, uh, agreements, uh, what expected and really starting to be somewhat monogamous. It's really interesting to see how they start dabbling with it. And well, he's speak. he's been doing it for a while, and I think she was dating and dated someone in an open relationship. So, I think the exposure of their curiosity and their openness happened when they both left their marriages. And and it, I mean the idea that they're dancing through this because I think dance gives you so much, as you know, I believe to just m- move through things that change all the right. time. And and they don't live together, but they are dating, and they are, have their own lives, but on the other hand, they are a couple. They are considered as um, their primary couples, each to each other. Uh, it's true, and, they, and I like that they discussed something that we actually talked about in the last episode. They also talked about, Mary discussed, want versus need, like... How do we discuss things as we get older for what we really want in our lives? And so they were brave enough to, I mean, obviously yeah, it's, Dan it's, had to leave his wife because he wanted an open relationship. And and the idea that they are brave enough to explore the truth even when it's not comfortable. Well, I, I that's exactly what I talked to you when, when we, we spoke about it, about, about uh, Mary and Dan, that here they are trying to really live their authentic lives and as um, previous episode Nancy Collier said hey you know you gotta be true to yourself you gotta say no you gotta take care of you number one and if you take care of number one there is truly hurts along the way I mean he claimed that Dan claims that he's still traumatic when his parents got separated when he was in his 30s so when you choose you, there is consequences. And uh, that's a really fine line and balancing act to decide, am I choosing me or am I uh, going to be taking care of the kids and how trauma is that's going to cause them. Do you understand the conflict I'm talking about? 
I see it as a, as almost like rather than a conflict that's that's a black and white to it that has a binary. I see it as expanding into this being able to hold both of those, hold the fact that you need to you want to serve people. You want, for example, you were as people pleasers or as a parent. Um, that we have to hold that responsibility along it. with but our. You, but you got to balance it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd say I'd, I'd say balance is is a, is a hard word for me because I think sometimes it doesn't work out perfectly. It's being yeah, able to hold it all. One way yeah. heavier than the other at times, but overall, you, you need to balance it. You need to see what is what is right for the moment, and for I the think moment, that, yes. yeah, for the moment. So for the moment, it was right. To get separated and be, you know, in, in monogamish and then open relationship, etc. But the fact is that you really have to kind of think about others when you decide about yourself. And once you decide, this is not for me, and if the kids hurt in the way, uh, it's time for me. That is a heavy decision, and I hope I'll never have to be in that position, and many are, and I'm not judging or anything to that nature. Well, when a couple is not on the same page as far as letting each other have the space to find their authentic voice, right. then that's why he was saying very specifically that that's at that point the, the, it became a deafening drumbeat. He actually made that as a as a term, and I, and I get right. it. I get like, you know, you don't want to keep that voice Listen, so small. Listen, I respect the courage. I respect what it takes to do. I respect the fact that one is, is really said, hey, look, it's time for me. So I respect that. I respect the fact that somebody can be disciplined like that. And eventually, I do think, even if there's we all hold certain disappointments and traumas of life and how we hold it all, but eventually, I believe his kids see him as an example. It's a role model. It's not a exactly. martyr. It's a role model. Yeah, it's, it's a role model to and, how and to really live your authentic life. And if he chose to do that, that is, that's kudos to him. This is, this is great. And Mary, with her beautiful essence and ability to coach and help people, if you want to reach out, DiviningBeauty.com. Truly an inspiring conversation, beautifully done, Tessa. And I appreciate the authenticity of Mary and Dan. Please visit us on TheOpenEsters.com. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. If you know of anybody that may be interested to hear, tell them about it and share. And any stories that you think could be interesting in Act 3. We love to have new guests that are doing intriguing and interesting things, living their own choices and lifestyles. And we love to talk about it on social media. So please subscribe also to any podcast please platform subscribe. and to Instagram. Get, in our, get, in our, get on our community and Facebook group. We have a, a closed Facebook group. Love to hear your comments. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio Engineering by Lucid Sound. Web Design and Blogs. PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.